0: Name is Debbie. I'm going to be talking this morning about overcoming negative labels, so isn't that an appropriate song to be singing for that? So it is an honour and a privilege to be speaking part three of our Overcomer series. We've heard from Pastor Seth how to overcome comparison and how to overcome apathy, and you can catch those sermons on our Easy Church app as well as today's, hopefully it's recording. I think it is. Um, Yep, so we're going to be looking at overcoming negative labels this morning, but would you pray with me? (laughs) Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word and your presence. I ask you that you speak through me to reach your people today. Holy Spirit, would you do a work in our lives this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So for some of you, this will be the first time you've ever heard me preach, and I can already sort of tell what you're thinking, what am I going to be like? See, I have the label of sort of pastor's wife, and that label, doesn't it bring good thoughts? Oh, those, thank you, thank you, husband. (laughs) When I think of pastor's wives, I think, oh, goodness. They're going to want to know every little detail about my life. Gosh, those pastor's wives, goodness, they love to talk and gossip about everybody and everybody's little details. It's all right if you're thinking that. I kind of think that of pastor's wives sometimes too. But it's a label I, I God has chosen for me. <laughs> I also have other labels though, thankfully. I'm a mum, a sister and a daughter and an auntie. I'm a photographer, a teacher, trained, and a friend. I'm average height, brunette, and I've got white skin. Like it or not, we all carry labels. And that's defined as a classifying phrase or name applied to a person or thing that is most likely to be inaccurate or restrictive. We can also use labels to describe ourselves. And we're either given labels, wear our own labels, or are born with labels. Now, some are positive, and some are not so positive. Now I'm older. I sometimes reflect back on my childhood days, and I had a great time growing up. I had heaps of sisters—just my sister—and lots of friends. We went on fantastic family holidays to Australia, and we did road trips around the South Island. It was a great time growing up. But one day while I was sitting with my mum she, and she had a group of friends around her, she declared to her friends that I was a girl. Well, duh, I thought I'm a girl. good one, mum. But <laughs> she went on to say that I was actually meant to be a boy. So my two oldest siblings are both girls, and as most couples do when they've got two of the same already. two girls they they want a third so let's try for a boy now my mum and dad tried for a boy and I don't know if you've studied up trying for a boy but it includes things like wearing boxer shorts and drinking orange juice (laughs) so they tried all those ways but alas I'm here a girl a label as soon as I started breathing air What are your labels? How would you describe yourself in three words? Are they positive, like talented, hard worker, reliable, loved? Or are they not so positive? Disappointment, failure, weak, unwanted. You see, the longer we carry a label, the less it describes our past and more it determines our future. The longer we carry a negative label, the less it describes our past and the more it determines our future. So let me put it this way. If a teacher at school has labelled you slow, slow to learn, your performance academically is not likely to go much higher. But if your teacher labels you advanced, then your performance is likely to increase. Labels are really powerful. If you're labelled a failure... You're not likely to try new things. Do you have the label of being weak? Then you're not likely to ask for respect. Have you been told you are unloved? That label makes it hard to look for love in the right places. And when others keep putting the same label on you, you do start to believe that it's true. Now there's heaps of examples of people in the Bible that have labels And in fact, have you noticed in some chapters in the New Testament, they're not given names. (laughs) They just mention the rich man or a woman caught in adultery. Gideon was one of those men and he had his own labels. We find his story in the book of Judges chapter 6. But to fully understand Gideon's labels, we need to consider his place in a wider context. So Gideon belonged to the tribe of Manasseh. And that's one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Within the tribe were family clans. Gideon's family was the smallest and least wealthy of the clans within the tribe of Manasseh. And on top of that, Gideon was the least in his house. So can you hear the labels already? Small, poor, least in the house. Let's pick up the story in Judges 6 verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with me, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Now I find this conversation pretty fascinating. Here's the angel of the Lord talking to you, telling you that the Lord is with you and that you're a strong warrior, but all Gideon can think of is the labels that tell him differently. The labels of small, poor, insignificant. In fact, Gideon has let his labels determine his future. How can he defeat the Midianites? He's the smallest. He's the least. The poorest of the poor. Gideon needed more proof. Let's read on. Gideon replied, if I've now found found favour in your eyes. Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon's labels had become part of his character. He used them to describe himself. And the moment someone came in and called him the opposite, he argued and asked for a sign that what they were saying was true. Now Gideon did go on to defeat the Midianites and the Lord was with him and he was given strength and victory. So how do we go from the smallest to the greatest? How do we move from defeated to victorious? How do we overcome the negative labels that have become part of our character? The labels we use are to describe ourselves don't have to determine our future. I believe we can overcome our negative labels by firstly listening to God. Now if you ever had conversations with people and you're not really listening to them, doesn't happen with me and you, obviously. I'm always listening. <laughs> But you're either just being polite or you're distracted with a whole lot of other things that you're thinking about and then you get caught out and they're asking you a question and you're like, oh, oh, um, yeah, sure, and you've just offered to babysit their auntie's cousin's cat. <laughs> now, I must admit, I'm not very good at listening to God. Um, I'm good at listening to him when he's telling me or directing me where to go or saying something to me, but I mean I'm not very good at listening to him when he's telling me who I am in him. I don't really hear him when he's defining my identity. So my thoughts are distracted with how others will see me, distracted with what others will think of me. Oh, what label's shall I wear today? Um, Oh, perhaps I'll wear the label of insecurity. Oh, I know what will help. I think I'll look at Instagram and Facebook for a better label to slap over the insecurity label. Surely that'll work. Add newer and better labels to describe myself because I'm not convinced of my true identity. I need something valid to define me. I'm a lot like Gideon, to be honest. Okay, God, you say that I am loved, but where's the proof? Other people have given me the label that I'm unlovable. So I kind of probably believe them more unless you're going to come and really define it. It's not enough to tell me, you need to show me, God. I need valid proof. It sounds silly, I know, but we've all been there and we've said it to God at some stage of our lives. Come on, God, give me a sign. It's not enough to tell me. I need some proof. Well, how about we listen? And I mean really listen. Lean into God and whisper, who do you say I am? Put aside the labels, put aside the questions and the doubts and hear his voice. He says you are his one John three verse one. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. He says you are worthy. Zephaniah three seventeen. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. He says, you are purposed. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And he says, you are loved. God really does love us. And you know what? He loved us so much that he actually did send us a sign. (laughs) Just like he patiently showed Gideon's the signs he needed, he's also sent us a sign. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can believe God and what he says about us and then use that truth to walk in our God-given identity. His word is truth. And that brings me to the next way we can overcome negative labels. We can do it by trusting his judgment. Ever notice how God chooses the most unlikely of people? The people with huge labels stuck to their foreheads? While the world looks for the best labels, wealth and status and a good family name and good looks, God looks for those with negative labels. Is his judgment of these people actually like really bad? Or does he actually see their true identity? Think of Rahab in the Old Testament. When everyone looked at her, what did they see? They saw a huge label, prostitute. But God saw an opportunity. God saw someone whose heart would be turned toward him, who would one day marry a godly man named Salmon, Solomon. sorry, been practising that one, and someone who would then give birth to generations. And from that genealogy would come Jesus, the saviour of the world. Others saw a prostitute, but God saw divine potential. Now, it's not that Rahab's past was too big to be forgiven, but it's that her identity in God is too big to deny. So let me say that again. It's not that Rahab's past was too big to be forgiven, it's that her identity in God is too big to be denied. Because think about it, every time you think of Rahab, you have to think about the goodness of God. And that's that that defines her, not her label. What about David? When others looked on him as a child, they saw a little shepherd boy. Too insignificant to be called out as one of Jesse's sons when Samuel came to anoint a new king. In First Samuel chapter 16. That God saw something that they didn't see. He saw a warrior, able to stand up to a giant, and the future king of Israel. Yes, David messed up, sometimes, a lot. But aren't we grateful for his labels? Because without him, his identity as a man after God's own heart wouldn't carry any weight. It's that identity that defines David, not his labels. And just when you think God's judgment of people must be really awful, think about Saul. Let's read from Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 5. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, "'Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?' "'Who are you, Lord?' Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Saul then becomes blind, and then he's given a vision of a man that comes to lay hands on him so he can see again. And this man is a believer from Damascus called Ananias. Now, God also showed Ananias a vision of who he wanted him to go to. And Ananias is... In shock, he exclaims in verse 13, But Lord, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorised by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. So, okay, Saul had some pretty bad labels on him. And even Ananias can describe Paul's character by his labels. So, has God really got the right person? Yes, he's got the right person. And in fact, by identifying Saul as his chosen instrument, God has showed yet again his redeeming and loving nature. Church, we all carry labels whether we like it or not. Your labels may describe you, but it's your identity in Christ that defines you. Yes, my label is a girl, but my identity in Christ is fearfully and wonderfully made. It's not that we should be working hard to get rid of the labels because my being a girl has had an undeniable impact for the kingdom of God and some of your labels will have as well. But instead of letting the world tell you that to overcome that negative label you need a newer, better label, let's keep listening to God and who he says we are And trust his judgment of us. That he is using our labels to point the way to him. And that's our identity as children of God, to be witnesses of his redemptive love and amazing grace. Genesis 50 verse 20 says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Have the worship team come up, please. Church, let's stand this morning as the worship team come.